Oravan Pesa, the Squirrel's Nest Podcast. A gathering of voices, a place to incubate and disseminate critical ideas. If the heartbeat stops, then that's it. So that means that there is no life if there isn't rhythm. And then once you write, if there isn't a pulse. But it will be exploration, maybe a little bit of storm. <laughs> of course, you're looking at like 20 online faces moving in their homes and how can you be friend with someone? <laughs> like if there is no chance to... Isn't it ironic that you have to get out of your country to then study? That lovelessness is more common than love. That many of us are not sure what we mean when yeah, we talk of love or how to express that you love. When you're actually documenting something, Sharing even if it's just for yourself. Search for his identity. They need time to trust you. They, they need to validate the fact that you're being honest with them. I deal with love that from they can rely on. I stand in love. I don't fall in love. Oh, A broken femur that has healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell, has bound up the wound, has carried the person. What do you do when the culture is difficult to break into? It's difficult to embrace. What happens? Kind then? of come on that you have this sense of life, just some part of you will stay here. Mm. These are conversations around contemporary issues and the ways knowledge and practice intertwine with puzzling everyday dilemmas. We want to deeply listen to insights of people, be they art, design or science practitioners, and their unique ways of searching for answers. Our dialogues happen in Alt University inside Ariel Bustamante's sound sculpture, The Conversation Room, and they follow through with the core idea of his artwork, to ask, why do we do the things we do? The second season of The Squirrel's Nest features podcast episodes developed by master students across Alto. It was organized by Maria Villa in UAS with the support of Camilo Sanchez from Media Lab when a group came together in 2022 to develop Bustamante's question in new directions. Sounds from Soil is a podcast about music and earth. In this episode, we meet the composer and percussionist Adriano Adewale and reflect on the Afro-Brazilian musical tradition as identity and how it relates to the element of earth and groundedness. We also visit the dance workshop held by dancer and choreographer Carolina Paulino in Alto University in spring 2022 and reflect on why and how earth is important for the practice of a dancer. Chapter 1. Adriano de Wale and the search for an Afro-Brazilian identity. Welcome to this podcast. I'm your host, Aina Kostiainen, and I have since early age enjoyed dancing and playing music. Brazilian music, especially the so-called Afro-Brazilian tradition, has been a dear hobby for me for 20 years. In this chapter, I'm interviewing the percussionist and composer Adriano de Wale about his growing up and his search for his Afro-Brazilian identity. We are talking about the Afro-Brazilian culture as a form of resistance emanating from the time when Brazil was a slave society, where slaves were not allowed to practice, among other things, their fighting skills, unless it was disguised as dance. The practice of capoeira, is only one example of the rich cultural tradition of African origin. The first chapter tackles the relation with the territory and its colonizers as essential in the constitution of identity and reclaiming of both the territory and the cultural legacy from Africa. Um, my name is Adriano Duale. Um, I come from Brazil. Uh, that's where I was born and um, I've been living in Europe for quite a long time now. Uh, firstly in London and now between Helsinki and London. 
And um, thank you for uh, for the sources for the reading about the uh, Brazilian music tradition, and that's what I'm actually curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, like in this book by Peter Fryer called uh, "Rhythms of Resistance," mm-hmm. I really uh, it was very very insightful reading for somebody who had uh, Afro Brazilian music or like samba music as a hobby for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. because like it, it gave a lot of depth. Um, wanted to ask you about um how do you how do you like relate yourself or position yourself in the tradition mm-hmm. of afro-brazilian music um you see this is a very uh, uh interesting question because i uh of course i am an afro-brazilian and uh for a long time i didn't have actually the understanding I was an Afro-Brazilian, right? Uh, because, you know, when you are a child, you are amongst your friends, yeah. and then that's what you do. You go about and play and so on. Yeah. Um, it was later on that I started to understanding that there were a few things that I was treated differently to some of my friends who didn't um, look like me. Mm, right. And um, and also the issue of race in Brazil, in the school, is not really... Um, well, the only thing they will tell you is that, well, you, you, you know, um, African people came to Brazil, people from different parts of Africa came to Brazil as slaves. <clears throat> then you have the indigenous people um, that were already here. And then you have the Europeans that arrived here as well. Um, mainly the Portuguese, but also mm. the Spanish, uh, French, mm. the Dutch. Yeah. Um, so within this context, I came to realize about something Afro-Brazilian when I was already a teenager or something like that. Um, Brazil is portrayed as a racial democracy and is absolutely not. It is worse than most countries in the world. I think it's the worst one. But it is hidden. Mm-hmm. So it's happening, but you don't know it's happening. So it's systemic uh, racism, basically. And that happens in all areas of society. So, um, you know, I, did, I, felt, I, I thought of myself as, this is it, I am a Brazilian here, right? Mm-hmm. But I started questioning my identity. The older I grew up, the, older, the more then I started questioning my identity. Um, to the point, like my parents, they used to listen to uh, Brazilian music, to samba. Yeah, which is a is Afro-Brazilian samba. It's, it is a genre of music that uh, stands for the resistance then of the cultures that were brought from from Africa, but of course incorporated also uh, the the cultural aspects of the indigenous people and also European people there. Uh, but I didn't understand that you know most black people in Brazil would well the the origins of samba are from the black people. Mm-hmm. In Brazil, I I wasn't aware of that. Uh, they don't. They will not tell you this in mm. school. You understand? In school, most great things are not coming from the people who are uh, the African people who went to Brazil, or even the indigenous people. Mm. Most great things are coming from Europe or are coming from. Uh, the US. That's what you were told at school. At that time, anyway, I am talking about 19, 
uh, the 1990s. Yes, that's when I was uh, at uh, primary secondary school. Right. So then, then even though I was a, a victim, victim of uh, racism, I didn't know what it was. You understand? I mean, it, it, it was. If I think about it today, I'm like that was shocking. Yeah. That I didn't know. I did not know. You know. Uh, and. Um, so the later, the more I studied, I actually, I went to school, I finished my uh, secondary school and I went to high school. I was a computer programmer. <laughs> I went to study for programming. Yes. And then when I finished that, I started studying theater. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to understanding this Afro-Brazilian culture. True. Uh, actually, through a book called Ukurchisu by a writer called uh, Lima Barreto. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I was in this theater school and then I started to understand, okay, this is what is, this is, what is happening here. That's, that's how it goes. And I started doing capoeira. Um, uh, it, so then I was, then I started raising the awareness of Afro-Brazilian culture and my identity. How, who I then, where do I belong? Do you understand? Okay, now there we go. Now I started to find myself in there. Chapter two, musical studies, tracing the musical heritage of Brazil. In this chapter, Adriana de Wale is looking for the rich musical traditions of Brazil, a quest that proved to be challenging. The situation has changed a little bit now, but in the past, uh, if you were to be a musician, you were told you would have to study classical music. Right. That was the way. And this is it because everything else was secondary. So if you want to be a professional musician, if you want to be a good musician, then you go and study classical mm -hmm. music. And by uh, actually the, what the government was providing was exactly that. For you to study music in a school, mm -hmm. in, in a university, either you study classical music or, I want to learn some, but I want to uh, research the music of Brazil. This, this, this country has a massive cultural identity. Mm. It's a music tradition super strong. It wasn't provided in these schools. Why is that? Mm. Why that we cannot research our own music in these schools? Why is it that we have to go and study a music tradition that comes from elsewhere, mm, right? In that case, Western art music. Yes. And I am not talking about uh, uh, how great. I'm not talking about the, the quality of. Um, uh, I'm not judging, questioning Western art music. It, the music itself is great. It's fantastic. It's not that. Mm. But what I'm talking about is where is the space? for the people, the, the people's identity, the mm -hmm. culture of the people in that country to research their own music. Plus the fact that in every state in Brazil, over 20 states, they would have an orchestra or more than one funded by the government. Why so much representativity mm -hmm. for that music? And where is the other one? Do you understand? It, 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 it didn't make sense. And so the way for you to research your own culture is somehow blocked. Do you yes. understand? Yes, you can do, you know, the carnival is a big manifestation. It's yes. a huge manifestation. 
uh, of course, you can do it that, in that way. The Sunday schools, they have organized themselves. They are amazing, amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, there are amazing organizations there and they articulated themselves. Um, other music traditions as well, you have Frevo, you have Maracatu, Bumba Meu Boi, uh, uh, Carimbó, you have um, Coco, uh, you have um, uh, Jongo, oh, there are so many, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, people, that's why I think, you know, it's resistance, because it, those cultures, those music traditions, they are not supported. In yes. fact, there is a prejudice against those yes. by different areas of the society. So you, when you grow up, you have to be strong and, and your parents have to really, your parents, the community have to really nurture in you that aspect of, no, that's where you belong to, look here, you can find yourself within here and, 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 and it is absolutely fine and, and you can develop, you can, um, you can see yourself as a human being here, your roots. Yes. Yes. And, um, and, uh, but that's tough because for you to enter in the market, for you to, you understand, you, you, it's almost like you have to go the other way. Chapter three, outside perspective. My name now. Adriana De Valle finally got to study the music of his own country. This journey took him to England, Nigeria and Finland and gave him a new name. So how do I position myself within this Afro-Brazilian culture? Today, you see, it's ironic because I, I then did my uh, bachelor's uh, course at a university in Sao Paulo, where I did study classical music, and I am grateful for that. It was fantastic, great teachers, and great music. But for me to study my, the music where I come from, I had to move out of Brazil. I was in London, when, where I did my master's, in, and I did at SOAS, a school of Oriental and African Studies, and there, I then studied the music, Afro-Brazilian music. Isn't it ironic that you have to get out of your country to then study yes. the music? You understand? That's when I went also to Nigeria uh, to find out about you know, the roots, where I come from, and uh, one of the roots that I come from anyway. And, um, and that was it. And then, and then I developed, I stayed in London for many years, uh, collaborating with different musicians from different places, understanding more about Brazil, the dynamics of Brazil, mm. what happens in, in, in the country because you look from outside. Yes. And then, um, and then I arrived in Finland. And <laughs> <laughs> here I am doing, a, I, I, I came here uh, initially to teach, uh, at the global music department, so that's what I'm doing now. Yes. But also, I am also doing a PhD, uh, uh, a doctorate course here yes. in artistic research. Uh, but I didn't answer your question. How do I position myself? You see, although as an artist, I um, I tried, I tried a few times to be like um, a folk musician, but I'm not. Like folk, as a traditional musician, mm. but I'm not. To be a traditional musician, you got to live there and mm. be present in that tradition and you are there. You, mm. you live yeah. on the every day. And this is not what happened to me. Um, also, I am not like a jazz musician because this is not exactly what I do. Uh, I'm not a classical musician, although I studied classical music, I don't play really classical music nowadays. So what I come to, um, I come to a conclusion that I am a contemporary musician and what I do uh, is, 
is uh, is a result uh, come it comes with the influence of of um, traditional music from Brazil of classical music most like the the contemporary classical music uh, more the avant-garde one and then um, and jazz yes because I love I love jazz I love the improvisation um, elements in jazz how you can express yourself how you're free to express yourself uh, so it's a combination of all of it uh, but what I would say is at the basis of what I do the basis of what I do uh, at the basis of what I do uh, there is this Afro-Brazilian identity mm-hmm. in there very strong because when I hear that music it speaks to me it resonates to me very deeply um, yes with, with all that there is in it the culture uh, you know how people dance uh, the way the music is built, the rhythms, the the sonic spectrum, the sonic aspects of it, the freedom within the sound, uh, um, the way we relate to language, mm. you understand? Yes. All this, all this. And of course, I, you know, the indigenous people, culture it is there also in fact <clears throat> my name Adriano Diwali is there because as an artist you know you always use two names now most of the times not mm-hmm. always but in fact um, Adriano Diwali and myself my other name would be Itauna mm-hmm. so Adriano Adiwale Itauna uh, but this is not my birth name unfortunately because uh, the surnames I have from birth were the surnames of the whoever bought my ancestors in the past. Mm, so right. I don't know if you are aware, but you know, in the past, whoever people people would buy the slave masters would buy people and they would give a name, like whatever name it was, plus their own surnames. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so my birth surnames are from the people who bought my grand, great-grandfather, great-grandmother. And I didn't want to have that. Sure. So when I went to Nigeria, the family I stayed with started calling me Adewale. Adewale means uh, a royal child who came back home. And I adopted that. But also, you see, I was uh, taken from a place to another place, Brazil. Uh, I haven't been given a name from that place because Adriano, my parents chose, so it's fine. But it is actually an Italian name, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And this is fine. I have uh, relatives in Italy as well. So, uh, Adewale is then a Nigerian name and Itauna is from the indigenous people in Brazil. Itauna means black rock. So that's um, that's uh, that's that that's my my name now. Chapter 4 From Harmonica to Birimbau Sonic Identity in the Making Adriano Adewale reflects on his identity as a musician, starting from blues and extending to totally new ways of understanding sound and listening. So, um, 
did when you started to uh, think more about the uh, Afro-Brazilian identity, was it like while you were becoming a musician? Or are those processes interconnected? Yes, I think I think so. You see, um, yes, I already played. I started playing. I, I actually started playing music, uh, uh, blues. I started playing um, harmonica. Mm -hmm. I loved blues. Uh, and then I moved on to the drum kit and I was playing rock and roll and I was playing, you know, all these bands, you know, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, all this. And I love it. Great music. I love it. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I, when I started doing theater, in theater, they needed more percussion because they needed the variety of sounds mm -hmm. as well as the grooves and so on. So I moved on. Uh, to percussion. Um, and then when that, all that study, the studying theater started, I also, well, from a while ago, I was actually studying piano. Um, but then I was studying Brazilian popular music, Bossa Nova. Huh? Um, And then from that, from studying piano and bossanov and so on, and then especially studying theater, uh, and uh, capoeira came and so on, then I started delving into, okay, Afro-Brazilian music traditions. Then I started really going deep into it and the berimbau and, um, well, samba itself, of course. Um, I went to Recife uh, at that time in Brazil. Brazilian folklore was growing and growing. The Brazilian traditional music was growing, gro growing and growing inside of Brazil even. Um, so I was there uh, learning about Fevo, about Maracatu, about uh, Bumba Meu Boi, and, and getting in touch with those traditions, with people who were part of those traditions. And from there on, it hasn't stopped. I have been always interested to learn more and more, more and more. And it's, you know, there are some great, great masters of those traditions, mestres, we call them. Uh, yes, and I can't, you know, I just, I just want to learn more, more and more. I still uh, I, I am still a student and I hope I will be forever. <laughs> so, uh, your practice now, mm -hmm. is it, um, you, you do compose, right? That's right, yes. And uh, you are, you're also a percussionist. Mm -hmm. So, could you tell about those? As a percussionist, um, hmm. You see, that's where the that's where the uh, going and doing the bachelor's uh, was really great. The the, the the classical music, the bachelor's mm. there. I had amazing teachers, amazing friends, the other students, amazing friends. Because I wasn't aware of what uh, contemporary classical music was mm. uh, and I got in touch with it uh, through the university and my ears they opened up for this completely new way of listening to music really mm. because I was playing John Cage and Stockhausen and so um, which I really appreciate uh, 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 now you know that I went through this and um, and also, I, 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 I got in touch with one musician which has transformed my life, Nana Vasconcelos, who, who was, he passed away, uh, who was a great percussionist, 
And he has changed the concept of playing percussion. Uh, because you see many, many times if you say, ah, you play percussion, yeah, people straight away think you play congas and bongos and shakers, mar maracas most of the times. Yes, you can do that and they are great instruments, but it does not start there. It, it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. Percussion is massive. Well, in fact, everything which is not strings, it's not woodwind or brass <laughs> falls into percussion. Well, now you also, of course, you have electronic music now, mm. which, you know, has its own department there. But you understand, it's so, and we are, as percussionists, we are trained to listen to sounds. It's not necessarily only listening to the way a piano sounds or the way a guitar sounds or a flute. We, are trained to listen to sound the way a car sounds, the train, the, the, the sea, everything. <sighs> uh, and, and I love it because it gives you great uh, freedom to make music, to express yourself through sound. Uh, it broadens your understanding of music. And now Navas Concelos, he is a master of the Beginbao. Which is yeah the musical hall that plays for is played in Capoeira. So and the way his conception of music making is, is fascinating. It's out, it's out of this world, you know. He has influenced so many musicians, like you know Pat Mathin and in Brazil Milton Nascimento. You know he's collaborated with everybody. And not only that, he did work also with special needs kids. He used his body as an instrument, the voice as a vocal percussion instrument. So I was fascinated by the way that he, he used to make music. And I, I follow it. I have it as an inspiration for me, as a, as a master for myself. Yes. So, and nowadays, and what happens to me is, what I like is that I can, with the, with, with the percussion, you can choose the instruments that you want, and then you can create this combination of yours, and that's your sonic identity. That's who you are to yourself. Yeah. Chapter 5. We all carry a drum within us. In this chapter, Adriana de Wale elaborates on his practice as a percussionist and composer. As a musician, I come to realize that, um, you see, the way we come into this world when we are in the womb, uh, 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 the doctors should tell you, to tell the mom, to tell the parents whether there is a baby there or not. They have to listen to... Yeah, the ultrasound and the, yeah, the heartbeat. Absolutely. And when we leave this world, the way they tell you that somebody has gone mm. is also through the heartbeat, yeah, yeah. even though they try to start it again sometimes, but... If the heartbeat stops, then mm. that's it. So that means that there is no life if there isn't rhythm. If there isn't a pulse. So we all carry within ourselves a drum, which is our heart. <laughs> 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 and I feel like when I play percussion, you know, the percussion instruments is an extension of my body, of my heart, you understand? Mm -hmm. it, 
that's what I'm expressing. Um, and the percussion instruments are then very close to the heart. Uh, you understand? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a missed opportunity that sometimes when you talk to people, okay, what's the sound of love? What's the sound? You know, people rarely talk about drums. You understand? Most mm -hmm. people go, oh, yes, the sound of love, the strings, you know. <laughs> but actually. Yeah, exactly. You understand. Yeah. So, so, um, yes, as a, as a percussionist, I think I am all the time relating to, to my heart, relating to the, this power of life, to the rhythm that, that, that keeps us going alive in this world. And, um, But then this also is reflected on the composer. As, as, a, as a composer, my starting point as a composer is more often than not rhythm. Mm. And from the rhythm, I expand the ideas and the, the ideas then get dressed with a pitched melody sometimes and then with harmony. And now I am writing, I am, because the doctorate fo uh, uh, focus on, on the Bimbao. Right. Uh, so I am working on music played by the Bimbao only. Um, or really short, um, or small ensembles like Jewels and right. <coughs> uh, project is called Uh, the art of communication. Right. Uh, searching for the essence of music making through the Beginbao. So basically, I am investigating how to communicate through music, through music, uh, using a minimum amount of tools. So in that sense, it is related to minimalism, and I am using the Beginbao as an instrument to uh, uh, which can support me in achieving really high levels of artistic expression, however, using a minimum amount of tools. There you are, then you have one musical bowl with one string, which has traditionally the possibility of playing. Uh, uh, a note and a semitone above. So you Sorry. have two notes. Yeah, right, yeah. Two notes, yeah, yeah uh, a semitone apart, yes. And then you have uh, the shaker, and then you have uh, a stone or coin that you press against the string and you have kind of a, a loose sound, like a buzz sound. And yeah. this is it, That's your, that those are the tools that you have. But it comes then, okay, what can you do with those tools? You understand? That's, that's what the research is, is about. You, that's why, what I mean by creativity. You have to be creative in order to really communicate. Yes. Chapter 6
making sound with the elements, fire, air, earth, and water. In this chapter, Adriana de Wale investigates the materiality of music. Yes, I think the elements, they are definitely there, especially... <laughs> They are there in different levels, in different ways. You see, um, like for example, whistles, right? The whistles in in Brazil, you have several whistles that uh, hunters use yes. yeah. to go in the woods and attract animals. But like in this case, I'm using to free the animals. Birds <laughs> 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 that starts flying. Uh, um, they are made out of wood. Yes. Coming straight from earth. Yes. Yeah, it's a tree. Right. Yeah. Um, it's 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 very poetic actually because you have a tree that at some point you know life has passed for the tree and then it's it's wood will serve something else became a whistle but the tree itself beforehand was house for the birds yes and now that house for the birds is incorporated by the sound of the word itself. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, birds. So then you have the air, the air element, as well as earth mm. all together combined to produce the sound of the bird because you have to blow in yes. to the whistle. Yeah. So this, this is air. Um, um, but but then also there is an instrument that is called udu drum udu drum u d u drum which comes from Nigeria from the Igbo people and you find this instrument in other places in the world as well in India they have a version of it as well but. Um, this instrument is made out of clay. So again, earth providing. Mm. Then you have um, cowbells. Yeah. Metal. Metal is coming from the earth. Also. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to, it's inside, it's in the, it's in the earth. So, and then again, for you to treat metal and to shape metal, you need fire. Mm. Combination of both two elements there. And in fact, I forgot for the clay, where for the metal, you need the fire. For the clay, mm. you need the water yeah, yeah, yeah. to shape it. You can leave it in the sun to dry, but some some people actually put it inside of an oven, right? Mm. Chew, chew, chew. Yeah. yeah. So there is all this uh, dynamic with the elements for you to actually build percussion, to make percussion instruments. Calabash, this gourd. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's straight from that's the, right. Never thought about it. <laughs> yeah, it comes straight from the ground to you. Yeah. Make sound with me. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. it's it's like we are playing the earth. I think this is a straight connection there with the elements, as in the music making. In terms of sound, right? When you think about sound, when when I think about earth, I think earth. I think there are certain types of rhythms that I personally I think represent earth. 
There are some that represent fire, air, water, but there are certain rhythms that represent earth for me. There is a rhythm in Brazil called Ijecha, uh, for example. You know, certain rhythms that can be connected to certain, to various elements. Yeah, it's yeah. not like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not straight like this. It's like poetry. You can understand it in different ways. But for example, Ijecha is a slow tempo. Yeah. yeah. It's you know, it's, it, it goes, it takes you, it places you, it yeah. brings you down, like, you understand? Yeah. It's very different from frivol. Yeah, we trained that with Carolina too. It was like, you know, I was like, yeah. come on, ah, 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 fires, like, yeah, yeah. you understand? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are certain grooves that you can emulate that power of, you know, earth, earthiness that roots you down, brings you down. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also, for example, I think low-end sounds as well. Mm. I connect those low-end sounds more to earth. Well, I can see a very basic, straightforward common thread there, which is earth itself. Mm. And its power of giving birth to life. Yeah. Chapter 7. In order to go up, you need to go down. The earth element and dance. Carolina Paulino is a dancer, dance teacher, and a choreographer. In this chapter, she investigates the relationship with the ground of our own body when dancing. Apart from being metaphors for types of rhythms and movements, elements also run through the body itself when dancing. Rather than thinking of elements as we tend to understand them as something external, like resources, they are understood as something present in our own bodies. Carolina Paulino starts with a reflection on how she became a dancer. Well, yeah. Um, well, let's back when I was three years old. <laughs> so my mom always, uh, she told me when I was three years old, I'm running active gear, <laughs> dance around the house, jump in the sofa, jump there. And then she said, okay, maybe she can go for dance class. But always in my home, in my family, uh, every weekend, almost every weekend, we have party, family parts, you know. Uh, and it's not a being, it's not a big um, important things. Just for sharing the moment and uh, share the food, you know. So in these uh, parties, I really love it to dance. Out with my cousin, with my brother, couple, alone, and my mom and my pa and my father. They're really good dancers. They dance a lot, and a whole my family also. Nice meals, and then I have this relationship with them. Oh, it's nice to dance and move my body. I was really happy, and then my mom have this idea. So I can say I start to dance in my family's party. Uh, since I was in my mom from uh, Berlin when she was pregnant and after when I was three years old she said okay let's put this gear in the dance class then and I started where, where was this 
Uh, where was this? Where, where was your family based? Uh, in Sao Paulo, right. in Brazil, yeah. And uh, I will start there, restart, to really understand this community uh, class in Brazil, in this class with my teacher. She was really beautiful and uh, she's really uh, passionate about dance, you know. Then I was start there in classical ballet. Uh, and then when I was turned 15 years, I started to do also contemporary dance and then also Brazilian folk dance, yeah. But uh, my grand auntie, she uh, teach me how to do uh, samba steps. Right. I know. She said, "Come, follow my step. Come, follow. No, no, you, 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 you slowly again, Carolina. Come again. You know this kind. Of, so I started just to learn some step in this way. So yeah, that was my dance, my history of dance. And then when I was um, twenty-four years, I went to the company in Brazil, then this company, it's mix uh, Brazilian traditional dance and also contemporary dance. So I passed seven years there. Mm. And also I did some, I went to Greece for eight months, almost I want one year for being there. And then I did some musical theater uh, performance. So I did uh, uh, Lion King, mm. yeah, for six, six months in Brazil as well. After that, I started to do my own uh, my own project, you know, with my background, classical ballet, contemporary dance, and Brazilian traditional dance. So I started to mix everything in my class and to really think about the natural elements. Mm how we can use that and it's everyday in life or not. So yes, that's my journey until now. <laughs> and you mentioned about the elements um, uh, like in your uh, in your workshop last time we, we danced and we were kind of conscious about the earth. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, could you tell me something about these elements and how how they connect to your practice? For elements of uh, natural elements, yes. Fire, yeah. wind, earth and water. Yes. yes. That's yeah. the four ones. Yeah. We go to use fire, yes. And uh, the fire, it's really interesting because uh, we connect with, uh, we did the connection with a frevo. Yes. And uh, Frivo, it's really fast, I don't know yeah. if you remember. Yeah. And uh, the fire about this uh, element, the Frivo, it's coming inside of you. It depends right. how um, how much as fire you have, you know. Sometimes you have uh, uh, just, um, I forgot the name. In the yeah. You got it, you know. Have the little box and you take a little stick and then it's yes, um, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I yes. forgot the name. Uh, well. But uh, no, you have this, and sometimes you have a big fire, or sometimes you just have the. So it's really the it's coming from inside of you. Yes, you know the music is there, but uh, sometimes it's nice to try to follow the music. And leave the fire your time to go there. But then it's also to, to play with your own fire, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, and we need the connection with the feet as well. You know? Right. So yes, play with the, your feet and try to bring your own fire out. So it's a very good game <laughs> with yeah. your body and, uh, the fire. Yeah, and sometimes like uh, it's really connects also with food, mm -hmm. how you eat, how long you take for uh, finish your food. It's also connected to this fire, who's okay. coming inside of you. It's really connected with your stomach. Okay, you know, with your uh, yes digestive 
part of your body. All right. So it's coming from there as well. Really, uh, for myself, sometimes I'm really say maybe it's the very important element or what's the most important. But for me, it's the kind of most the important element, you know, because they have so many means. You know, yeah. the earth element. It's the earth could be the ground, the floor, who support you. Yeah. And as a dancer, I really need to have a really nice relationship with the floor. Because I jump there, I roll there, not I crawl in there. So if I'm not really connection with this element, I was really punched, hurt myself. So it's really nice to have my feet, nice connection with them. And also uh, the earth, it's mean like a, a growing, like a seed, you know? When you really understand, okay, I have this uh, earth, I'm like a seed, so you grow down deep and then you grow up and then you have the movement. So you already secure it where you go to put your body, move your body and really all the time, okay, I have the floor, I have the earth with me. So for myself, when I start to really understand, I'm not just... Um, flight in the floor, not just flying, mm. but have this connection with the earth. And when I start jump, for example, when I go down, force go down, bend your knees, touch the floor, and then up, and it's really more uh, stronger, not not just try to go to the sky mm. and then lose the earth. So for me, it's very important to really, I start to understand the, the worth is the earth. Sounds from Soil is a podcast about music and earth. In this episode, we met the composer and percussionist Adriano Adewale and the dancer and choreographer Carolina Paulino. The conversation with Carolina Paulino was recorded in the conversation room, a public sculpture by the artist Ariel Bustamante, situated in the campus of Alta University in Espoo, Finland. The book mentioned in the podcast, Rhythms of Resistance, African Musical Heritage in Brazil, is written by Peter Fryer and was published by Pluto Press in the year 2000. The music played during the podcast is from the album Sonic Poems from an Unknown Land by Adriano Adewale and Nathan Ricky Thompson published in 2021.
Squirrel's Nest second season in 2022 is possible thanks to UWAS, the university-wide art studies. All our gratitude goes to Ariel Lustamante for welcoming this project into the conversation room and all the support he provided us along the way. Original concept and curatorial projects from Maria Villa. Technical and audio design support by Camilo Sanchez. Mastering by Pasi Pelconen at Aldo Studios. This project features research, sound design and original work from Aino Kostyainen, Aino Nina Sarikowski, Jana Surilova, Eta Maria Pilervi, Jana Puflerova, Ihai Kim, Marius Agustin and Vilis Suromskis.